And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 KG4HBR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Stone's Throat with Jennifer Stone. Happy. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school, get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up in darkness from the ones who walk in light light them up boys there's your picture drop the shadows out of sight this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Today is January the 16th, 2018. And DJ Trump continues to entertain the nation with his crass language and behavior, continues to shame my country with his deplorable language. If there was ever a deplorable <laughs> He's it. I wonder, uh, is it fun yet? Was it ever? Um, absurdo stupidisms. Uh, last week, I uh, tried to sort out the recent public reaction to the revelation that sexual harassment uh, is now and ever has been something that has been... Uh, Overused, yes. I do blame uh, DJ Trump. In a way, I think it is his excessive uh, behavior, language, that has kind of jolted something in the national psyche. Uh, anyway, uh, I just keep asking myself, why now? Uh, anyway... We all know that sexual harassment is not something new, that it has been used to keep women in their place, to control them, deny them dignity, undermine their confidence in themselves, and prevent them from getting ahead, getting power. That is, uh, you know, getting advances in their careers, uh... Ah, since forever, boys and girls. Anyway, uh, a woman might want a better income, you know, but she might uh, want to keep her job, that kind of thing. She has to decide whether or not to put up with, uh, mm, what do we call it? What do we call it? The uh, masculinist... Uh, world in which we live, the, what is it, uh, the 
the uh, narrative that goes on in our world. It's a it's the narrative of the master, and you know who that is. Yes, <laughs> in Alice in Wonderland. Yes, the master, right? Uh, the that big. What is it? It's a uh, it's a big thing. I don't remember what it was. It was a thing on a, a mushroom. Anyway, I forget what critter it was. Alice keeps asking him how words can mean so many things, and he tries to explain to her that it all depends on who is master. Now, if the master, ruler of the nation, can talk the way DJ Trump does, well, what you going to do? Um... Some folks seem to think that uh, sexual harassment is a trivial issue. I mean, it certainly doesn't compare to what happens to so many women in the Congo. Uh, There's always a continuum. But uh, the little things or the lesser evils uh, lead to the larger, yes, lead to the hard stuff. Anyway, you know, like rape and murder. Many women of my generation... Uh, just say that uh, it's time for women to man up. Tell these jerks to F off. Tough cookies. Uh, they give as good as they get. <laughs> they can also get fired. Uh, find themselves broke. Uh, find themselves ignored by uh, those folks who should have their back should support them and uh, they might get tangled up in legal problems uh, 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 all that stuff well it makes matters worse most of the time uh, I think women well some of us give up too easily uh, I think I think it's a it's a backlash uh, remember, remember a little while ago, not so long ago, uh, uh, women who reported rape were very often sorry because the result was much worse. I to get raped twice. Uh, I could tell you stories, you know, uh, the uh, uh, the cops can be justice. Uh, well, well, story for another day, you know, uh what that's all about. Uh, most women just play it as it lays. I remember, yes, I do remember deciding not to report a rape back in 1971. I was a school teacher at the time, and uh, in those days, uh, I think I... I expected the wrong kind of attention, even if, well, if the criminal were caught, uh, that's bad. And if he's not caught, that's bad. Long story about all that. Uh, I mention it because so many women are just like I was at that time. Cover your ass, we said to ourselves. Uh, I thought that I was protecting my reputation got that I was a coward I mean lived in the wrong part of town uh, anyway I'm still a coward in many ways I thought of all this while I was watching uh, 
the film about James Baldwin last night on PBS. Uh, James Baldwin is quoted saying that uh, (laughs) he could not walk around with a white woman, uh, the woman he was living with in the village back in the day, uh, uh, yeah, in New York. And it's odd. Baldwin described leaving the building at different times. Uh, she would go out, he would go out. They traveled separately on the subway. And met again later at the movie or at the party. I've been there, done that. Uh, ah, I still cringe when I think of the times I have walked into a bar or or even restaurant or cafe with an African-American and been given those looks. The truth is it's still, still going on. America is still racist, just like all the rest of the world. We are addicted to... Uh, White male supremacy. Yes, aha. Uh-huh. We're still homophobic. The whole mess hasn't really changed that much. Uh, back in the day, I did hesitate to report a rape because uh, it involved a black rapist, and at that time, my lover was an African American. And the police would surely make trouble for him if they saw him leaving my apartment after midnight. Anyway, uh, James Baldwin is only a few years older than I am, but uh, I think we had a pretty parallel experience. Baldwin died in 1987, 60-something, uh... Now, that movie I watched last night is Raoul Peck's uh, recent film. It's titled, I Am Not Your Negro, right? I would add, yes, my, my title would be, I'm not your, your, your mother, your uh, sister, your whore. I'm not, you know, any of those things. Uh, I will be your comrade and your lover. Uh, the point that I'm struggling to make is that in our society, in our culture, if you can call it a culture, yes, it's hard to live in comfortably. Uh, If you want to live openly, you know, you're going to take some heat. If you want to be free and you want to live fearlessly, ah, You may just find yourself backing up, wearing a mask. Uh, Baldwin is saying that he is not the Negro, in quotes, the Negro that America calls him or labels him. Uh, Any African-American knows how this feels. By the same token, I am not the middle-class white female that I am classified as. Oh, it's complicated. A footnote here. It seemed to me free association is my downfall. I was thinking of the 
the woman, the school teacher who helped James Baldwin when he was 10 years old, uh, hmm, thinking of her label. She would have been labeled, uh, well, as a homosexual. Her name was Bill Miller. And she was his English teacher. And she took James Baldwin to plays uh, Orson Welles. Yes. Oh, Orson Welles' Voodoo Macbeth. One of my favorites with an all-black cast. How about that? I just wonder what uh, little James Baldwin really thought about that. Uh, uh, he describes uh, his rage in the film. Uh, he, he doesn't like this role that's assigned to him. <laughs> I have swallowed the rage that used to possess me at the age of 84 now. I pretty much hide my bitterness whenever I can. Yes. <laughs> Who said cynicism comes when you're tired of being ashamed? Damn. Baldwin explains, uh, quote, It's all about this peculiar language. Mm-hmm. It's the words, the words that torture me. Uh, Baldwin's voice in this film, I Am Not Your Negro, is that of the actor Samuel Jackson. The movie, of course, is telling about the past. The past that is always present. Of course, some things have changed, transmogrified, transmuted, whatever. Of course, sure, but the past, our history, has accumulated. Uh, it has created the people and the society we are today. Uh, the old line, I think, Faulkner, yes, the past isn't dead hell. It isn't even past. In the film, Baldwin is shown during an interview with Dick Cavett. An elderly scholar, um, white male, tells him that he and Baldwin have much more in common, both being writers and scholars, than either one of them has with, oh, you know, illiterates, um, whether black or white. Uh, I don't think he said illiterates, no, no, but we know what he means. We're talking about class here. <laughs> yes. I remember once... Uh, our dear old friend, uh, black school teacher, uh, she used to tell me that, you know, we were all in tribes. And I said, well, uh, definitely, definitely our tribe is the literary tribe and it's one of, one of the smallest. And it's shrinking every day. Anyway, we keep saying labels don't define us, but uh, with our peculiar language, uh, we're trapped. Baldwin doesn't buy the notion that race or color uh, defines him, labels him. Uh, he points out that being a black American male, whether you're a scholar <laughs> or not, being a black American male can get you killed. Uh, he's got that right even today. That's a fact. Yes, try to get a cab in New York City, blah, blah. 
being a woman, a female, is also damn dangerous. Uh, Think of that woman, Bill Miller. She was a a gay English teacher, as I said, and I I just wonder, be nice to get a little more of her story. Uh, I think uh, lesbians have always been in danger, but when I was growing up, it seemed to me, in my innocence, that they were mostly unrecognized, uh, at least by by the very young, by the children. Uh, but we know that any woman, gay or straight, can get killed simply because she's a female. The war on women is global. Uh, Our population is diminishing. We used to say that women were the majority on the planet, but it's not true anymore. Look it up. There are less women running around. Uh, You know, whether it's the honor killings or female genital mutilation or becoming the target of a serial killer or even a murdered wife who talked back right once too often. Uh, We're getting our throats cut just the same as the brothers. Now, the poor, the uh, people who are struggling, uh, they do have a higher homicide rate for obvious reasons, whatever their color or gender, actually. Uh, Now, the current effort to hold the sexist males to a higher standard... uh, to demand that they become accountable for their mean-spirited remarks or their physical gestures even. Uh, <laughs> the gestures that DJ Trump calls uh, ass-grabbing. Or pardon me, you said pussy. Yes, was it pussy-grabbing? Uh, <laughs> yes. Now, the language is is peculiar, peculiar. Uh-huh. It is not true, but... Thinking makes it so, and the words, the language, yes, the language is thought. Have we lost the last trace of what used to be called decency? Have you no decency, sir? (laughs) I always like to say that to men who uh, behave like pigs. Uh, Actually, my favorite remark, especially with young men, is to say, does your mom know you talk this way? Uh, Or sometimes I would say, I won't tell your mama. Gets a laugh, but not always. Once upon a time, class was the most distinguishing quality of anyone. We know that. Uh, Gender is the first thing we notice at any age or stage or class. Our reaction uh, is always to the other. Uh, It is always designated by the person's gender. I send out announcements. I send out announcements when my uh, first child was born saying, it's a baby. And... uh, I got calls saying, what is it? What is it? I said, it's a baby. It will be a boy or girl when it grows up or reaches adolescence. (laughs) Never mind. Uh, I think that uh, 
class, class, class. Uh, I think of, you remember, Henry Louis Gates, scholar and historian. Uh, he was so distinguished. He's on television all the time. Uh, he's professorial. He's done African history and African-American history. Uh, he wears glasses and presents as a middle-aged educator, very dignified. You remember, he was arrested for trying to break into his own house. He had just, uh, he had just returned from a trip, and uh, he didn't have his keys, I guess. A neighbor called the cops. Imagine being close to... Uh, being close to the renowned Henry Louis Gates living in his neighborhood and not knowing who he was, not recognizing him, I guess. Uh, those folks still look alike, all look alike. After the arrest, you remember the President Barack Obama uh, sat the arresting officer down with Gates and the three men had a beer together, remember? I got the impression that the arresting officer uh, was not embarrassed. He had no chagrin whatsoever. He had to go along with it, I suppose, but he obviously had no, uh, no humor. Baldwin once said in another context that he had to live in Paris for nine years before he could be sure someone uh, disliked him, loathed him, for himself, just for himself alone. Perception is reality. I hear it all the time. I think of an elder, a white friend from a lovely home in Santa Cruz once she was going to an international women's conference in Nairobi, right, I remember that, and uh, we were all waiting for her to come home and tell us all about it. I asked her, what was it that surprised her the most? It was her first trip to Africa. She described a large group of women coming to meet the plane, all of them singing in greetings. <laughs> Imagine a scene like that <laughs> at Chicago's O'Hare, any major U.S. airport. Anyway, uh, I asked if this communal expression was the thing that surprised her the most. And she thought about it and she said, no, no, the greatest shock uh, she got was when she saw that all those black women were so beautiful. She realized that here in our country, in the places where she had lived and grown up, all in white suburbia for the most part, uh, black women were and perhaps sometimes still are not perceived as beautiful. I didn't know, she said, I didn't know how beautiful they were. I think of Toni Morrison's book uh, uh, about the little, little blue-eyed girl, yes, 
It's called The Bluest Eye. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, you know, all that business about the children preferring the white doll and so forth. Uh, I think that is one thing that has changed. I think that the the majority of people now can recognize the incredible beauty uh, of each and every young uh, African-American or Euro-American or whatever. Uh, beauty stands alone. Back in the day, African-Americans' kids needed the Black is Beautiful movement. I remember the late 60s. Uh, I was a school teacher in Oakland, and the kids really did have to recognize their own beauty. Uh, get those afros going in the past. I actually argued with African-American men about our, our relative oppression. You know, uh, is it worse to be a woman or uh, a person of color? Yes. And what is it like for a black woman? A twofer, yes. Uh, once again, it's complicated. I maintained in those days that gender trumps race, but of course, that's silly. It's never either or. It's always both and. If you study history for at least the last 5,000 years, we see that women were the first class, the first other. Otherism is the name of this problem that the human brain hasn't quite sorted out. I don't know what's to be done about it. There's so many reasons for it, mostly economic. I mean, if you're going to sell people, you better not think that they're uh, as good as you are or as beautiful or as smart, blah, blah. The first uh, slaves were women, Certainly, come on, think about it. Uh, the African captives that were stolen from their homes and brought to the Americas uh, fairly recently, that is, in the last 400 years now, those captives suffered uh, alienation uh, to a degree that I think we can, we can still see the effects. Uh, they suffered so much horrendous torture, uh, such root-destroying dehumanization. It's miraculous. They survived it all to become uh, some of our greatest artists, poets. Their music alone defines the last two centuries right here. Uh -huh. It's so interesting because uh, the... Assumption is that Native Americans didn't survive, that they have been absorbed. That's a difficult one to pin down. I, I'm still not sure. I think we need to study up on that. Um, we suffer the effects of the African Holocaust to this day. We're still unable to talk about our history on this continent. Native Americans and all the indigenous people of North and South America, Central America, Mexico, Canada, most of them have been traumatized, if not 
annihilated by Europeans, uh, whether they're Portuguese or Spaniards or French or English or Dutch, Dutch masters. <laughs> anyway, the colossal, draconic rule of those Europeans over so many, many people of color. Most of these people, uh, what is the word for that? Most of them may just someday create a Creole society now. That used to be my favorite word, a Creole society. I thought that it meant very simply uh, multiracial. Uh, it is my heritage. But I've discovered that it's very seldom the word used. Uh, I don't know how I've run out of time. I had so much to say about our hopes for a Creole society. Check out James Baldwin's novel, Another Country, where he tries to tell the story of several individual Americans, both white and black, trying to live together, love each other. Uh, it's a kind and thoughtful book. Uh, can't we all just get along? The other book is James Baldwin's Go Tell It on the Mountain, his autobiography. Check that one out if you have a moment. This has been Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. Till next week at this same time, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. <laughs>